You're listening to How They Did It and Why, where we learn from the experiences of others. So in this episode, I'm going to address something that I think a lot of us are probably suffering from right now, and that is Zoom fatigue. I'm going to discuss what Zoom fatigue is and the five main reasons that we fall victim to Zoom fatigue. So what is Zoom fatigue? Zoom fatigue is basically the exhausted feeling that we feel after using Zoom or any other um, electronic conferencing software, um, any type of virtual meetings, be that on Instagram, WhatsApp, whatever, basically just being exhausted. Some people even experience headaches, dizziness, confusion, (laughs) um, and of course, a lot of stress and anxiety. So all those things together kind of make up what Zoom fatigue is. But when you think about it, like for me at first, when I heard of Zoom fatigue, I'm like, really? Like Zoom fatigue? Like, what is that? And is it that serious? And I was thinking, oh, you know, it's probably just not that big of a deal. Just something that, you know, was being talked about or whatever. And then when I started to experience it, I went, hmm, there is definitely more um, than I thought going on here. So I wanted to kind of figure out like, you know, what makes us so fatigued or have these other issues from using these platforms and what we can do about it, okay? So the first thing that kind of um, really gives us Zoom fatigue is basically there is no icebreaker moment to actually have a physical connection with someone before you start using Zoom. And by that, I mean, think about it, traditionally, When you start talking to somebody, especially if you're in a conference type setting, like you're having a meeting, you know, to promote maybe the firm that you work at, you're meeting with a client, some sort of client meeting or what have you, there's always that icebreaker moment of you go up, you introduce yourself, you shake hands. So there's a physical contact that happens. And, you know, for some people, even if it's, you know, just like in casual settings with our friends and family members, when we see them, we usually touch them, right? We hug them, you know, you may give a kiss on the cheek, whatever. But initially, when we communicate, there is some sort of physical touch involved. Now, think about situations uh, prior to COVID, when you had a conversation with someone, and before that, you didn't actually shake hands. Like think of maybe, and this has happened to me a couple times before COVID where I was in like a board meeting type situation and, you know, the client that I was talking in just kind of went hello and went right into the spiel, did not shake my hand, although my hand was extended. Just really awkward, right? You're just like, okay, this is weird. And so then you're just kind of like, you know, sit in, this is all subconscious. Like it's not anything you're actually thinking about, but our minds are wired to communicate verbally and non-verbally. So there's all these random things that happen when we communicate naturally, like the way we're supposed to, right? So then with Zoom, there isn't the opportunity to do that. So that same awkwardness that happens naturally when you don't shake somebody's hand or greet them physically with a hug or whatever prior to starting a conversation that is what we're all experiencing on zoom we're kind of just starting these conversations without that physical touch that usually happens beforehand and so it's just a little awkward you're like oh hey how you doing all right yeah it just helps 
soothe us when we have that physical connection before we have a conversation. And this is something that, you know, all these minute things that our brains do like in a second, you know what I mean? That we don't even think about, like we literally have to stop, wait and do research to try to figure out like, why is this happening? And why am I experiencing this? So this is one main reason why, okay? So when we're on Zoom, we're not engaging in any introductory physical behavior to the conversation beforehand. So that makes us just awkward a little bit to begin with, okay? So that's one reason. Now, the next reason, okay, is you have to work hard to look interested because we can't read each other's body language as much on Zoom, right? So there's like just a little square that you see or whatever, and you can't actually read the full body language. There's so much that happens, just like my first point, you know, you, you're talking to someone, you introduce yourself, or even if you already know the person, there's the physical exchange that begins the conversation, right? But here, again, we can't even read not only the handshake or whatever, but we can't read the, we can't read the body language. So again, that's another part of the physical parts of having a conversation that we're not able to engage in on Zoom. Conversations are, are verbal, but they're also like physical as well. You know, there's like body language involved and all these things that signal our brains like, hey, this person is interested. So we're on Zoom. We, we just have to work harder to look interested because subconsciously we are aware that like, hey, if I'm not sitting upright, you know, it's going to come across that I'm uninterested versus in real life, you might be sitting down a little bit, but the rest of your body language conveys to the person that you're talking to that you're still interested. You're just sitting back versus if you do this on Zoom, it just looks way more uninterested. Okay. So we're much more aware of what our physical bodies are doing when we're on Zoom, which means we're more tense. Our muscles are tighter. We're awkwardly like, giving Zoom face, cheesing it, right? Hey, I'm here. I'm interested. All right. I'm paying attention. Yeah. So it is another thing. So when our bodies are doing that, right, we're tensing, we're, that uses up more energy, which is why when you get off of a Zoom call, you are physically more tired than if you had a conversation in person because you're doing all this stuff that happens subconsciously um, that affects our, our physical disposition, like the way we position our bodies and all of that. So I found that point to be very interesting as well because, you know, it's a lot. It really is a lot. It really starts to make you feel tired. And we don't even realize this is what we're doing. That's the thing that's so interesting about it. It's one of those things that is subconscious and our body just follows suit behind whatever our brain is subconsciously telling us. And then the result in this case is more tiredness just because we're clenching and using muscles to, you know, so yeah. All right, guys, so the next one on the list, the number three reason that um, Zoom fatigue happens, why we experience Zoom fatigue is our brains are being inundated with too many faces at one time. <laughs> so um, most of the time, we talk to one person, right? Like one person, or if we are presenting to a group, it's a presentation, Okay. And, and basically when you're on zoom, 
every time you talk, especially depending on the type of meetings that you're in, and I'm talking more so from my standpoint, because um, several times a week, I am on um, Zoom calls that have anywhere from 15 people to a couple hundred people. Twice a week, um, there's over 100 people on my Zoom calls. And um, that's a lot of faces to look at. So at least at one time, you're going to have about 30 to 40, depending on what device you're on, faces on your screen. And again, our communication is so intricate. Our eyes, when we look at someone, you know, we look at them and everybody else just kind of blurs into the background for those couple of moments. It's just something that our eyes do, what our mind does, okay? So when you're on Zoom, it's like, bam, there are 40 faces right there. Because you have those 40 faces right there, your brain is just kind of like, whoa, I've got 40 faces right here and they're all in focus. They're all on the same plane, if you will. So it just kind of does like a mental jeering to the brain. It's like, hey, what's going on here? I got to process all these faces at one time. That's like information overload. Okay. So the brain is also working in this case to compensate for that. And that in itself leads to some mental exhaustion because it's like you've got too many faces to look at. Um, studies have shown, and this is something that I um, learned in marketing as well, the most interesting thing to humans on the earth, okay, the most interesting thing to people is other faces. So thinking about this farther, um, what research has shown is that the most looked at thing or the most interesting thing to humans is the faces of other humans. Like if you look at um, marketing studies, you know, all the, the most looked at photos online, on any medium, you know, Instagram, Facebook, like wherever, are human faces, okay? So that is what our eyes are drawn to the most. That's how we are designed, is to be interested in faces, okay? So now let's apply that concept to Zoom. So now you've got 40 faces, right there at one time and so your brain is basically now in a state of hyperactivity like oh my gosh look at all these faces look at all these faces and sometimes you can just catch yourself going down the screen like wow wow there's people here Uh, it's just too much you want to see all the faces that's just what happens and so it's just exhausting to the brain it causes a lot of mental fatigue just because again the brain has to do a lot of work to process all those very interesting faces that we're seeing on our screens now the other thing i was thinking about with that though i'm like okay that's true it is exhausting but i do feel that our brains do have the ability to adapt and um function with seeing so many faces on the screen it does take some time i think but I think, you know, um, for the most part, most people um, after a while are able to adapt and then it becomes a little less tiring, this particular portion, okay? So let's move it along and let's go to our fourth uh, thing on the list as far as why we experience Zoom fatigue is the talking over each other. Now, for me, 
I know for myself, this is the most exhausting part about Zoom. Now, I'm going to tie this as well to my initial point of the physical um, and subconscious intricacies of human communication that are missing on Zoom because we're not communicating naturally, okay? So with this one, when you are naturally talking with someone, right? Like you are able to tell by the person's body language when they have something to wait and a beautiful thing happens. You're like, okay, they're gonna say something. And so you pull back, right? And then it's their turn to speak. And this happens without a thought. This is stuff that our brains are doing all the time without thinking of anything. Like, it's not like I have to say, oh, wait, let me wait to the every now and then, like, if you're like, just talking to this person for the first time, or like, just a little awkwardness, whatever. But for the most part, this isn't something we have to think about. Our bodies just adapt based on us looking at the person's body language. So on Zoom, we're not able to look again at the person's body language. So we don't know when is our time to talk. And that drains the life out of my energy and I'm sure you've experienced the same thing as well because you're like hey this I want to say something and then immediately what somebody else just said something what somebody else just said something what somebody else just said something and then you get frustrated because you're just like okay I really wanted to say something and I'm not able to because no one is picking up on the fact that I have something to say so again, that is where, you know, technology is so awesome. Of course, I love technology. I'm so happy we have all these gadgets to play with and like Zoom, you know, as much as I'm like hating on it right now, I'm dissing it, whatever. It's something I'm glad we have now because it's, you know, helping us to communicate in a safer way. But, you know, at the same time, it really, really is challenging in this way. It's limiting in this way, okay? So again, because we're not able to read each other's body language on Zoom as well. I mean, it has to be very obvious body language. Like you have to be sitting there with your head down or like obviously frowning or something for people to be like, oh, I think they're unhappy, you know? But for the most part, we can't really read each other's body language. So we don't know when it's our turn to talk. And therefore, the result is we're talking over each other. Maybe one person just they have that personality where they're just really loud. And so they just kind of cut everybody off and they just keep putting their point and keep putting their point and keep putting their point. And it just gets to be a bit much. So I've noticed that um, my behavior, my um, like personality has actually changed a little bit because Zoom, I was a little bit more of like an outgoing person, da, 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 you know, but on Zoom, I just say, you know what, the people who really need to use this opportunity to talk, I'm just going to let them. And I am going to, you know, if I have the raise hand feature available, I will use that. But if it's just going to come down to a shouting match, like, and I have to like, look, 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 like, who's going to talk now? Okay, bam, now I can go in. Like, I, it's just so exhausting um, and leaves you feeling so drained and stressed that I just have kind of chosen to limit myself in some ways because I had to. And I think we all have to kind of 
look at the situation and say, okay, I have to be on Zoom for these meetings. How can I adapt it? You know, so for me, it was, you know, using the raise hand feature um, when that's available um, on my twice weekly meetings, that is always an available feature, which I'm so happy to have. So I utilize that. And I know that if I get called on, great. And I'm happy um, to participate. But if I don't get called on, I try not to let it upset me. I'm just like, hey, you know, next time I'll have the opportunity and then just try to let it roll off. But um, if it's a situation where the raise hand feature isn't available, unless it's like a very, very, very small group, like no more than four people on Zoom, then I just say to myself, you know, this isn't the opportunity for me. Um, and I don't know how I feel about that. Um, for my well-being, I think that that's um, probably a good move. But at the same time, I do like to participate and want to participate in things to the best of my ability. So um, there might be some adjustment that I make to that um, as things progress and everything. But for right now, um, I just have decided like, okay, I'm just going to kind of back it up. <laughs> if it is just like one of those matches where you got to jump in there, I just, you know, it's just a little bit overwhelming. So um so that was the fourth reason that Zoom causes some fatigue. Now, let's talk about um, the last reason, okay? The people who don't know how to use Zoom. <laughs> that is very draining, okay? And I... For the most part, I can say, like, finally, the, the groups that I'm on, for the most part now, everybody is pretty good at using Zoom. But occasionally, you have someone um, that really does not know how to use the platform, or maybe they know how to use it, but are just very basic with it. You know, if, like, one little thing is off, they don't know how to fix the problem, and this holds up the entire meeting, or the person who doesn't have themselves on mute and there's all kinds of craziness going on on the background and then, you know, the whole meeting is disrupted in that way. So, yeah, the user experience on Zoom, you know, what the users are actually capable of doing, that in itself can be very draining as well. So, you know, only thing I can say is, is if it's something that you're putting together and an event that you're doing, I always, if I'm doing a Zoom event, lay some ground rules. When you join, join on route, join on mute. That's my like number one rule for anything that I put together. And I say, you know, the host will unmute you. I'm just gonna kind of go down the line. I call on people, you know, maybe give them a heads up ahead of time because I don't like the, you know, um, when people don't know how to use um, Zoom, that gives me a lot of stress and everybody else too. But then on top of it, I want it to be like a good experience for everybody. I want them to leave my Zoom meeting and say, hey, that was an awesome Zoom meeting. Like that was not stressful. I got to express and say what I wanted to say. And um, yeah, I want people to walk away from my events feeling good. So I don't want them to feel like, man, I ain't never joining any of her Zoom stuff again. Because if you're putting the event together, it really is your job to do a good job as a host, right? Just like 
you know, in Zoom, you have a host, basically someone who is taking the lead and organizing everything with the meeting. Just like, you know, when you have a real party in real life, you need to host your party. You need to make sure your party is bomb. Like you need to organize it. You need to make sure people have a positive experience and that they walk away going, hey, that was dope, man. I'm going to do that again. Not what was that party even about? Like, they ain't having no food, nothing. You know what I mean? Ew, you just don't want to do that, all right? Do the, be the best when you try to do something. Just try to do things the right way, okay? So, yeah, that is definitely the number four reason, the number five reason, excuse me, right there is, you know, the users who don't know how to use Zoom or who don't know how to overcome, like, when challenges arrive, arise and, you know, join and don't mute themselves and can't figure out how to mute themselves. <laughs> so, um, and of course, sometimes we understand these things just happen. And for the most part, we can all just roll with it and give each other the benefit of the doubt. But, you know, when it's a constant, you know, thing, it just becomes a little bit draining, right? Okay, so now let's talk about this a little bit further. Now, when I was reading up, I, I went to like the psychology behind all of this, like, you know, how our brains receive and give out information and some of the intricacies of like basic human communication is what led me to these points that I shared with you, my five points that I feel um, most of you would agree with, right? But then also I took a look online at some articles and there was a couple that I want to go ahead and share one is from Harvard. So I'm going to go ahead and get a screen share up here. And this is actually from Harvard Business Review. So how to combat Zoom fatigue. It says, in these difficult times, we made a number. Um, sorry, why do I'm sorry. Why do we find Zoom calls so draining? In part, it's because they've force us to focus more intently on conversations in order to absorb information. They also require us to stare directly at a screen for minutes at a time without any visual or mental break, which is tiring. Okay, so um, some things that we can do. Okay, so one thing is, which I found interesting, which I'm guilty of, is avoiding multitasking. So um, in some of my like personal Zoom meetings, um, not any of my actual like bigger Zoom meetings or anything, I will actually sit there and be like, oh, what other work can I get done while this is going on, you know? And according to this, that's really not a good thing to do. And here's why. It says it's easy to think that you can use the opportunity to do more in less time, but research shows that trying to do multiple things at once cuts into performance because you have to turn certain parts of your brain off and do and on for different types of work. Switching between tasks can cost you as much as 40% of your productive time. Now that is true. When I really sat down and thought about that, like when you're dividing your attention up, you're you're gonna basically slow yourself down pro productivity wise. Like your pro productivity is just gonna tank. So um, I think that this is this is something that's very true, okay? So researchers at Stanford found that people who multitask can't remember things well and that they are more singularly focused than their more singularly focused peers. So yeah, um, 
Now, here's another thing that we can do is build in breaks. So um, the article basically mentions, you know, taking a 15 minute break. I found that to be really helpful. Sometimes I'll just put myself on black screen for even just five minutes and just kind of like change my position, you know, maybe step away for a second and come back. Um, that really is helpful. And a lot of people have found that that's actually something that's helpful for kids as well as giving them um, breaks on Zoom meetings. Okay. Um, now, another thing that this article mentions that I found interesting is they talk about reducing on-screen stimuli as a whole. So basically, if you know, like, two to three days a week that you have to use Zoom, then decrease your other screen time. So that means less time on Instagram, less time on social media and other things that aren't essential and then focus your screen time just for Zoom. You'll find that you'll be less tired and able to pay better attention. Because again, our brains, when we're looking at these one dimensional devices, be it you know our laptops, PCs, or our cell phones, the brain still processes that as a one dimensional thing that I'm looking at that has so much going on, right? Our brains are used to looking at three-dimensional objects that have a lot going on, but are like more balanced. It's information overload, really. Any any type of device, it puts so much in such a small space that it's just overloading to the brain. So if we can reduce that by focusing the attention on Zoom, you know, when we have to use it and then decreasing the other um, social medias that we use, that is actually something that I have found to be helpful. That is something that I've used myself um, now that I have to do Zoom meetings, large Zoom meetings twice a week. I have um, decreased my uh, social media usage, particularly Instagram by a lot, like, I mean, over 75% of what I used to do. And I've kind of designated specific days and specific times just from my social use. And that way I have the energy to actually do my Zoom meetings and not walk away. Like, cause my Zoom meetings are very important to me and I wanna kind of be, you know, I wanna be involved and I wanna feel good about it. So um, I saw the need to kind of scale back a bit on the other social media and you get more done when you spend less time on social media, truth be told, okay? Um, the other thing that you can do for things that are, that are not essential for Zoom, like say you just want to keep in contact with someone, you know, maybe a family member or a friend, rely on phone calls more. And I've done that too. Like not everything, some people just wanna like FaceTime 24 seven all day, every day, which sure it's great to do because you can see the person's face and everything, but it is more tiring than just talking on the phone. So for the people that I keep in contact with, I've been trying to do more of just like phone calls instead of like, hey, let's FaceTime. And that has really helped a lot as well to be a lot less fatigued, okay? Now, the other one that I wanted to um, bring your attention to is here on bbc.com. It says that, um, you know, it, it basically goes over some similar things that um, we talked about already. But here is one thing that I really like, okay? It says, lots of us are doing bitch big chat groups for the first time, whether it's cooking and eating, a virtual dinner together, attending a university catch-up, holding a party for a friend. 
And um, of course, these can be fun, but tiring. Now, I think that's also a point that needs to be made is that some of us are doing all of this zooming and stuff for the first time. So it's tiring just because it's something that's new. So if that's you know that, you know, that's probably another reason you're experiencing zoom fatigue is like before you never did this stuff, you know, you didn't maybe just didn't have a reason to right. So that's another reason as well. So now how can we alleviate zoom fatigue? Both experts suggest limiting video calls to those that are necessary. Turning off the camera could also um, help for certain types of meetings. Um, also, building transition periods between video meetings can also refresh us. So like if you have more than one meeting in a day, and there's been a couple of days where I've been on Zoom three, four times in one day, taking the time to actually build in some transitions periods and knowing like, okay, I'm going to be on Zoom again in like two hours. I'm not going to touch my cell phone right now. Like I'm just not going to go near it. <laughs> that way I know I'm going to feel a little bit more energized to be on Zoom when I need to be on Zoom. Okay. So I feel like that was really a really, really good tip. Okay. So guys, we have really talked about a lot in this this episode with Zoom. And, you know, I really think that this information is great for all of us right now, because no matter what you're in, you're probably Zooming more than you ever have before, maybe for the first time. And for me, um, I have, like I mentioned, several large Zoom meetings each week. So yeah, I just wanted to get a hold on this. So just to kind of review the ones that we talked about, okay, the five reasons that we're experiencing Zoom fatigue is number one, there isn't that introduction to the communication to the conversation with touch okay so there's no handshake that's happening there's no hug there is no physical greeting prior to engaging in the conversations so it makes for an awkward start <laughs> to all of our um, online zoom meetings so the second one okay is you have to look work harder to be interested um, or look interested on Zoom because, again, you don't have the ability to, to rely on all of our natural instincts of reading body language. And that body language shows that we're interested even if we're slouching or whatever. So that's another reason as well, okay? Um, the third reason was our brains are getting overloaded because we're looking at too many faces at a time. So we know just from all the psychological, psychological studies that um, we're just not meant to look at more than one face at a time, or ideally, I should say. Ideally, we're not made to look at more than one face at a time. That's what our brain wants to do. We want to study each face, you know, just human nature is to be very interested in human faces when we study them this is something subconscious that we do so when we're on zoom there's just so many faces there that our brains are just like super stimulated and that leads to some mental fatigue okay um the fourth reason is you gotta talk over people or people who just keep interrupting on zoom and that is because again we don't have that physical body language cue to go off of on Zoom of 
when it's your turn to talk. We're not able to read that body language. So we don't know when it's our turn to talk. And so that makes for very awkward, choppy conversations where we don't know when to talk or um, people who are more assertive just kind of dominate the conversation and everybody else just kind of like left in the lurch. So that's a fourth reason. And then the fifth reason is people who are Zoom uh, unsavvy, like they are not good at using the platform, they don't mute themselves. And I'm sure you've experienced that. And as you know, that is definitely something that also adds to the stress and uh, anxiety of being on Zoom. All right, guys, so I really hope that my um, five just kind of background reasons for Zoom fatigue have been helpful to you. Um, I really hope that I've given you some things to think about and that um, in your Zoom meetings coming up, maybe you can employ some of this information and your Zoom meetings will be a little bit less stressful for you moving forward. All right, guys, thanks so much for listening to How They Did and Why. Have a great day and we'll see you in the next episode. Thank you.